Yo, is this a dog? What? Is, is this thing a dog? A, a dog? Yes. What? What kind, kind of dog do you think it is, mate? I don't know. I'm not familiar with all the breeds. I'm gonna go with Afghan Hound. She's with us in Afghan Hound, buddy thumbs. Oh my god, is it a werewolf? I've wanted to meet a werewolf forever! Alright, welcome back, Analysis listeners. Welcome back, back to back, Barry Irving. There we go, back to back, I got the Bulls jersey. We might have to do the three-peat. Yeah, we might have to do the three-peat. And then you gotta go try something else completely different, like minor league baseball. And then you come back and and see if you can run it back again. Minor league baseball, how about something like a finance podcast or something? Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna go try to do a finance podcast, <laughs> fail miserably, and then come back and we'll we'll try to see if we can go back to back to back again. But I, I anyway, trajectory is there. <laughs> good to have you back on, buddy. We're talking about something that's right in your wheelhouse here, which is superhero movies. You're our superhero correspondent. There's a movie that just came out that's making a lot of waves. There's a lot of buzz around the Suicide Squad. What are your feelings towards this movie? Well, yeah, uh, the Suicide Squad definitely. <laughs> um, it's it's been a it's been an interesting trajectory with this uh, with this IP. Especially this is going back to like what was it like 2015, 2016 when we got that trailer for yeah, the yeah. first one. The I mean, trailer for the first one should be in the hall of fame that's what i'm saying like legit maybe the best trailer i've ever seen and the movie came out and it was a huge dump of shit and here we had in in my opinion we've got like a redemption for this property okay so you're you're pro the suicide squad i enjoyed the suicide squad yeah okay i will say i enjoyed it all right well a lot of people seem to be enjoying this movie. Critics, I believe it's uh, high 80s in terms of Rotten Tomatoes. Audience scores are in the 90s. Box office right now, it's sitting at 26 million for its opening weekend. And that's 26 million US, 45 million worldwide. It's, I think it's got a total of 71 million overall. And considering it was also released for HBO Max viewers for free, that's pretty impressive. So a lot of people are seeing this movie. A lot of people are enjoying this movie. I was not as big of a fan. Okay. So we'll start there and it, we can have some perspectives on why you enjoyed it so much, why I didn't enjoy it as much. Uh, also to bring some visibility here, Hayes ended up seeing this movie with some of his buddies in Michigan. So we were on a trip to Michigan. Some of his buddies were going out. So he actually not a superhero guy, went to the theater, absolutely hated it, and is now swearing off any superhero movies in the future. This was the last straw for him. So Hayes is out on it. I'm not as severe as that, but I did not have fun watching this movie necessarily. Talk to me about why you liked it. Oof, we got a, we got an uphill battle going, don't we? Um, yeah, why I liked it. I thought, you know, I thought it was just, it like, I'm not going to say it's like, life-changing or like genre bending or busting. I don't even know if this necessarily pulls 
DC out of the hole that they've sort of gotten themselves into. But for me, um, you know, I didn't really have high expectations just based on DC's track record to this point. And I legitimately like had fun. Like I watched it at home. I watched it on HBO Max Didn't go to the theater. That might've been part of it. I like, I just, I found myself audibly laughing at some of the jokes and well, first off, just as a comic book fan, what that property is kind of meant for what the, what those comic books are sort of meant for. It really is. I forget the gentleman's name who like wrote some of the original suicide squad comic books, but he like describes the members of the team as cannon fodder. And it's kind of this, 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 this property where they, it's like where DC would send their villains to kind of send them, like obviously in the storyline, it's these black ops missions that they're sending these criminals on, yeah. but it's essentially DC would take their villain characters, put them into this comic book where certain villains would get highlighted and then come back to their respective properties as a more popular villain, okay. hopefully. And yeah. then other villains would just get taken out. And, you know, because Superman and Batman have these codes where they're not going to kill. So you can't eliminate the villain through the hero. So you got this story that just eliminates yeah. these extra villains. So and so that's sort of like the feeling of a lot of these missions when you read these comic books is that anyone is expendable at any moment. And I thought this film did a really good job with that. Whereas the first film did not. Okay. And yeah, I just genuinely just enjoyed it. And I was in for the ride. Like I said, it's not something like, I don't necessarily, I don't even know if I need to watch it again. And I don't, I'm, don't know that I'm necessarily like begging for a sequel, but I in like, I had fun watching the movie and Fair enough. wasn't expecting that. So let me, let me talk to you about a couple things that I'll give this movie. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll see if we can find some common ground here first <laughs> okay. before I talk to you about why I have problems with it. Mm-hmm. First of all, I love the idea. Okay it kind of turns on the head this noble superhero pursuit like you're talking about that the codes that Batman and Superman live by. And really, these people, these suicide squads, they're not there trying to save the world. They're not there for any sort of nobility. They're there because they're bribed or coerced, right? And they're there because they have a bomb inside their head that someone can explode. So, like, yeah. I love that idea as a concept, whether that was from James Gunn or whether that's from the comic books. Like, I like that. And it also feels like, go with me here, when I was a kid and I went to Disney World, there was all these character breakfasts. You could go have lunch or breakfast with Winnie the Pooh or Mickey Mouse. But there was always one that was just villains, like villains only. And that's the one that I always wanted to go to as a kid. You'd have lunch with Jafar or something, you know? Uh-huh. And it, it feels like that. And to me, I'm a fan of villains. To me, what makes a superhero movie better than, you know, a, a different superhero movie is the strength of its villains. And so to go, okay, I have a concept where it's only going to be villains and it's going to be very gratuitous with violence it's going to lean into depravity and 
the darker side of a comic book narrative, I'm for that, right? I think this movie does some of that. And what I'll also say is it's very heavy in style. It's very heavy in action-based bits. And those work from time to time. Here's where I start to have a problem. It lacks any sort of narrative. The characters, in terms of what motivates them, for example, Idris Elba and Blood Sport, is that his name? Blood Sport? Blood Sport, yeah. The scene with him and his daughter and the whole, fuck you, like that, that was rough to watch. That's just bad. That's just bad uh, scene work. Um, not from the actors, but script-wise. I thought it was really rough. And what do you, how so? What, what do you mean by that? Though? It's so the the actual escalation of the scene and the the resolution of it and why that would motivate him in certain places. I didn't connect with. I didn't believe any of it. I found it unbelievable. Okay, I don't necessarily and, think it was supposed to be realistic, but yeah. Okay, cool. well, I think that's supposed to. There's at some point, like there needs to be motivating reasons or compelling reasons to for these people to act or behave a certain way. And so whether that was supposed to be a joke or not, if, if it was supposed to be a joke, it didn't feel like a joke. And if it was supposed to be a real scene that motivates a character later, I didn't get that either. And I think anytime this movie starts to talk at all about the narrative of where we're going and what the next beat is, you immediately lose interest whether it's the rebel bases or saving this, this country or the, the missions in general, like anytime they get into the narrative, it's bad. And, and it just basically becomes a bit brigade, a movie that's propped up from bit to bit, but you really don't care about any of the, the plot of the movie. And that's where I have a problem with. It. I agree and disagree to a certain extent. I definitely think that like there was something about the pacing when they would try to introduce those kind of, I don't know what you would call them, I guess, bits of humanity that I, I that did kind of throw the pace off a little bit. Because to me, it was more these shades of their human condition and not necessarily like an inciting event. Like, I don't think that that conversation between Idris Elba and his daughter are necessarily supposed to like motivate that character to do anything. It's just giving you a taste that his daughter, his relationship with his daughter is real fucked up. And then you see how that kind of factors into his relationship with the rat catcher character. And I thought like the rat catcher two character was kind of this like proxy. Well, I think Harley Quinn is more a proxy of the audience, but like the rat catcher character was kind of like, she sort of brought the of those few characters that they sort of invested a bit of the story into. She sort of brought them together and did what I, I think James Gunn was successful with, with Guardians of the Galaxy. And he was again successful with this, which was just making this story about these like outcasts who sort of come together. Okay. And yeah, yeah, I guess I, I see, I can, I can, I, I think it's valid. Like, like I said, it's not perfect. I think maybe you might've wanted a little bit more than they were trying to give you. 
But also saying the first one was a total piece of dog shit and this one was elevated above dog shit doesn't necessarily <laughs> mean it, it, it deserves uh, the amount of praise that I feel that it's getting. Whether that's fair or not, you know, based on audience's reaction and, and where the movie is, I think there's a disconnect. And, and I feel disconnected to most people's opinion on this. And I just think mm-hmm. for a movie that celebrates villains, our villain is this giant starfish thing. I thought that was... Well, the villain is Viola Davis. The yes. villain's Amanda Waller. Okay. The villain's the, the government. government. Yeah, the government. But inside of that, the, the pursuit and, and what they're fighting at the end of this is, is a starfish. Yes, you're correct. For me, it's, there's all these switch in the woods. And, you know, it's trying to be Game of Thrones meets Guardian of the Galaxy. And I think it works better in Guardians of the Galaxy because it's set in space and there's aliens and it, that type of style lends itself more to kind of a science fiction comedy this is boots on the ground and we're on earth and we're supposed to be based in some sort of reality or are we not i was a little confused with that but overall i just i want to be invested in the journey of the characters and really the fun of this movie comes through the bits right the but the fun comes through the action and i would even say to me, any of the comedy that might have worked came through an action set piece versus anything that the characters were saying. I don't think that the characters were in the dialogue saying anything particularly funny unless you think John Cena talking about buttholes is like your thing. <laughs> I guess I am an immature person, but that, that didn't get me. And I also, can I say, I think the Harley Quinn character is a very fine character. I think she does nice work in this movie, Margot Robbie. I'm also wearing thin. I think the character is being exposed too much. Like we're seeing too much of this character for really what the strength is. I can to a certain extent agree with that. I think, I think see, my, my issue with Harley Quinn is similar to, I was having a similar conversation with a friend of mine. This is my issue with, and this is on the Marvel side, the, uh, the character, Tom Hardy's Venom character. I think both, it's a similar situation where with, with both of those characters where we've sort of made this sort of, this kind of like side IP, this kind of side franchise out of these characters where they're the hero and we haven't properly introduced these characters because what makes Harley Quinn who she is, is the Joker. And what makes Venom who he is, is Spider-Man. So without really having these characters start as a dialogue with this solidified character that they're in conversation with, it's like, who the fuck is this character? Like, we don't really, like, Margot Robbie's doing great work in every Harley Quinn movie that she's done so far, but there's just no real... Yeah. DC doesn't have a real idea of who she's supposed to be because we haven't really built that character properly. I just don't think it's strong enough to be in heavily featured in three movies within four years. And, th- and that's, that's the thing. They, that, that's, and that's the hat that they're kind of yeah, and they hanging their franchise it. on right now. And it feels, I, no, I definitely agree with that. And so some of this movie, I don't know if I'm articulating myself well enough here. When I say Game of Thrones, it's because they kill off so many characters with abandon. Yeah, yeah, like that, that's why I say not, not, not anything else from Game of Thrones. But I also feel, and I think my biggest gripe with the movie is it feels repetitive at times. 
where they introduce a bit. Let's say it's, it's the polka dot man and his mom. And at first in my notes, drink every time I mention my notes, but I'm like, okay, mom, nice bit. I wrote mom, nice bit. He sees her. She's this old woman in her fifties. And it, it does this kind of like funny mm-hmm. bit. He's, he's seeing her mm-hmm. almost like Bobby Boucher sees people that have wronged him in the water boy. Right. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. nice bit. And then they like keep going and going. And by the end, I'm like, all right, thanks for another giant mom bit. All right. That's cool. And there was just a lot of repetition here in, in placement of the plot because they knew that the actual journey of the characters was weak. So we'd rather just pump more action bits or more repetitive bits that we introduce that work early into the story versus like having an actual story. Another thing they did well though, I like how we didn't need to reintroduce the Suicide Squad. We just dive right in. Yeah. We don't need to understand the prison and the, the, the Amanda Waller and the like, they just, they like say that was table stakes from 2016. We can skip all that bullshit. I did like that they did that. And, and that's the thing. Like I like, again, familiar with the familiar, familiar with this property, knowing, having, having a kind of an idea of what is supposed to be delivered, not having it delivered the first time, then you sort of see all of these, all of this promotional footage coming up. And there's just, so many fucking people on this team and it's like man what are they doing with this movie so then to just have it start and to just get half of the team fucking 86 right out of the gate i thought that was awesome thought, that was a like, good move act I, one was nice i actually didn't mind act one the middle of the movie okay. was poor okay. okay and the ending did not bring me back but for I sure do, I, can, I will I give you act that. one was good i can agree besides with besides the daughter uh elba bit like i, I did not like that scene I'll get out. I'll get over it. Another thing that I didn't mind was when Harley Quinn was taking out the complex and there was all these kind of creative shots with flowers. Interesting. I thought that was a scene that was sort of like be kind of polarizing. I feel like I actually feel like you need to kind of if you haven't seen Birds of Prey, that scene might just fucking really come out of nowhere. No, I had seen it. But I just thought it was shot, even if you take the flowers out, I just thought the fight choreography was, was good yeah, enough to where I totally. could appreciate it. Totally. And, and that's, that, that was really, they wanted to lean in. They, they wanted a big Harley totally. Quinn action set piece. And they gave it to you. And I thought for the most part, it worked. It was kind of cool to watch her remind you of how fucking nuts she is when she blows the dude away, though. You know, yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. She, she still is insane. Like, she's cute and she... She's been in three movies and you don't always get that, but she definitely reminds you in that moment, you know? For sure. Yeah, a difference of opinion. I always, and I know it's a superhero movie, but that doesn't just give you an auto pass to punt on a general compelling plot and stakes for your characters. And I thought besides having a bomb in the back of your head, you know, the actual emotional stakes for a lot of the characters missed for me outside of rat rat catcher who I thought I was genuinely interested in as a character. Most of the other cast, I was not. So the double cross, when that happens, it feels like it comes and goes. I almost forget it instantly. I, I had problems with the plot thus did do not understand while people are raving so wildly about the movie. A lot, most people I speak to directly are saying, yeah, it's better than the first one. Like, that's, that's most of what I hear from, from people. So 
if that's the expectation and, and people are okay and, and we'll call that good, then it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess I had, I guess my, I just, my low expectations were exceeded, not only exceeded, but like there's, I mean, there's, there's stuff I genuinely liked. Like I, Did you I like know the shark that guy? like, did you like shark guy? Uh, Stallone. Yeah. I liked, I liked the uh, King shark. I thought, he, I thought he was very Groot-esque, but he had his moments. He's he's where all the like gnarly action comes from when he like splits that dude in half. And you yeah. There's some yeah, there was some there was some pretty grotesque kills there. If I to me, it's like if you've seen one CGI massacre, you've seen them all. So that that didn't like. I know I'm being a cynical asshole right now, but but that scene was kind of cool. Or just when he would just devour people whole, or just be gnawing on a on a head like he's gnawing on a carrot or something. Yeah, yeah that, I, that was kind of interesting. I thought, like, I thought it was just like it was. It was kind of absurd. Like it, it was very much. It delivered in the form of like billion-dollar superhero movie special effects, but it was like just absurd and like in a way that can push the envelope in a way that Guardians of the Galaxy might not always be able to yeah Yeah. and yeah it's a big fucking starfish that's real silly like that's real real fucking silly i i i dug it fucking i feel like people who are coming to me and like trying to talk to me about king kong and godzilla being a legitimate movie this year like i think like it's apples like what's the difference like (laughs) like i it was more about being on this journey with these outcast characters and sort of finding out the, I, I liked how they laid into the sort of anti-establishment themes. And I thought Viola Davis was really good in yeah. this film. Like she's really well cast. She's perfect at that cold, just snarky cutthroat. Yeah. I, I really think, she's she's one of the strongest pieces but she's also in like three scenes you know so that's fair that's fair but like i thought there were just little touches of things that were like poignant to things that are relevant today like the way like to the credit of at this silly ass fucking starfish after this fucking ridiculous magnum opus of rats tearing it apart this moment when it like talks about how it was so peaceful just looking up at the stars. Like that's mm-hmm. James Gunn sort of commenting on fucking humanity and how much more peaceful this universe could probably be without us in it. Like wow. that's some like that's like they sneak little deep shit in there. I thought it was I thought it was okay. cool. Cool. Well, it's okay to have disagreements, Barry. Yeah. Uh, I I I hope you feel like you were listened to. I felt like you listened to me. So at the end of the day. That's all that matters, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you had fun with the movie. And looking forward to chatting with you. Wait, about- I will I will oh, say this was a better John Cena movie than Fast and the Furious. Oh yeah. <laughs> like don't say that to Melo and Battaglia. Oh my god. Like what dude, kidding me? dude was looking jacked in those tidy whities, man. And I wonder if he was, if he was stuffing his crotch. I I will I'll watch a pacemaker HBO series. I think this is the best thing John Cena's done other than wrestling, to be perfectly oh, honest. Oh man. Yeah. Well there you go. That, that, and that's not saying much either. That's kind of like saying this is the best Suicide Squad movie. But 
Well, I appreciate you coming on, buddy. Uh, glad that we can have a healthy disagreement and looking forward to our next chat. Yeah, get ready for the three-peat. Woo, three-peat. So, everybody, thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, wash your hands, stay safe, and we will see you down the road. Bye. Later. Hell of a ride, but I'm thinking it's time to go. Here we go. So-